everybody. Welcome to Buzzing About Romance. I'm Becky and hey, Leah. Hi, Becky. You're waving. People cannot see you. <laughs> Shut up. Anyway, you are you can welcome. See me. I can see you. Can you can see me. But before you said hello, you're like waving. Anyway, we're pretty special. Thanks for joining us again. We are very special. <clears throat> Here we go. <laughs> On this episode of Buzzing About Romance, we are introducing you to our buzzing librarians. For all that, um, for all that love reading and books like we do, we of course need a council of amazing librarians to help us share all the books we love. Um, welcome to the podcast, librarians. We are so excited to have you guys. Um, okay, so we're going to read everybody's bio a little bit and let you get to know them. And then we're going to go into our conversation all about librarians and summer reading. So, Leas, kick us off. Okay, so we are going to start with Amanda. Amanda is an MLIS librarian from the Upper Midwest. She currently serves as the archivist and the curator for a special collection at a Big Ten academic research institution. Throughout the month of March, you'll find her slinging book recs as part of the Tournament of Tropes bracket competition. Oh, I want to do that. To determine the supreme romance trope of all time. A lifelong lover of the genre, Amanda's first romance novel, a steamy adult celeb romance, will be published in August 2021 by Totally Bound Press. Hey, next up, we have Laura. Laura is an MLS librarian, bookstagrammer, book reviewer, and book blogger, Mo a wife, mom of two boys and two labs, lover of baking, running, crafting, and strong coffee. You know how we love coffee. Um, school library journal and library journal reviewer, past chair of the Elliott Rosewater Indiana High School Book Award Committee, licensed teacher, soccer coach, member of the Indiana Library Federation, Association for Rule and Small Libraries, and the Lions Club. Uh, working on her first novel, A Contemporary Steamy Small Town Romance. Okay, this is so awesome. I love that these are librarians mm -hmm. writing books. And, <laughs> and Nicole, last but not least, tattooed and blue-haired Minnesotan librarian, hoping to drink as much coffee, that's our kind of person, and read as many books as she can can often be found with a couple of cats or her dog snuggled up reading a book or playing video games. She loves a variety of books from hockey romances to dark Nordic mysteries and true crime. Well, welcome to the podcast, ladies. So excited. Okay, so let's get to know you guys. We'll start with you first, Amanda. Um, so are you a reader of romance? I am. I'm a hardcore reader of romance. I think since probably... I don't know, 2016, I think that's pretty much the only genre I've read. I mean, it started when I was real young and kind of started stealing books from my grandma. Um, and then my mom would yell at me <laughs> about the adult content, never mind the stealing. Um, right. I fell, fell out of it when my grandma moved away and I had you know, lost access to the source. Um, I was too embarrassed to ask a librarian. Um, but came, came back to it in college when it helped me through some rough times. And, you know, it was weird when I was pregnant and then had my kid, like all I could handle was uh, happily ever after I did, I needed that guarantee. And so since then I really haven't looked back. That's fair. I think we, I think L Leah and I both got started stealing romances from our mothers. So yeah, 
my mom used to get to like the, the cardboard boxes of harlequins delivered to the house every month and she was a very avid reader and a fast reader so she would like go through the the stack and then i'd just like hijack the whole stack and just go through the stack <laughs> i would do that uh, with my grandma anytime i went to her house it was like yoink <laughs> right um so laura tell us a little bit um are you a reader of romance Yes, romance is like my go-to. And then I waffle back and forth between like high, crazy thrillers and then romance, which is kind of an odd combo, but I love both of those. And I started reading romance a lot more. Um, I think since like 2018, I attended the Book Bonanza Romance Book oh, yeah. Festival in Texas. It was like Colleen Hoover's thing. And it was like the most amazing time I've ever had in my life. I met a ton of authors there and so I started reading more and more and more and now I just can't get enough gotta get it all and yes. there's so many amazing authors and indie publishing and oh, it's amazing and my mom was the exact opposite by the way she didn't read romance at all <laughs> and still doesn't and she probably will cringe when she reads my book someday <laughs> waiting for that moment that's so funny we laugh about like it because my mom went to college with Jude Devereaux so I was stealing like Jude Devereaux, Phyllis Whitney's, Judith McNaught's from beside my mom's bed. And so like, but now my mother does not read romance at all. She reads <laughs> like crime and spy political thrillers. I'm like, okay. So uh, Nicole, tell us, reader of romance. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't even know when it started necessarily, but it's been the thing I've just gone to more and more lately, especially, I don't know if it's just during the pandemic, I've had a really hard time focusing on certain things. So sometimes just something I can easily take in that's not going to, you know, cost me too much stress has just been so enjoyable. And you get that kind of connection that I think I've been missing. So I've been yeah. loving all the romances I've read. I think that, I do think that the romance, those relationships and those connections have helped a lot through the pandemic, yeah. particularly for people that might, you know, uh, be single or their husband is overseas. I have a friend whose husband is in the Air Force. He was deployed for nine months during the pandemic. And she's like, I haven't read this much in my lifetime. But it was just something that gave her that personal connection that was missing in her day to day um, life because of quarantine. Mm hmm. Also, I'll say my mom is the complete opposite as well. She doesn't read <laughs> at all. Oh, at all? And every time she, no, like never, no. And like, she would have to take me to the library when I was little. And I would, you know, go with like, I was the kind of kid who would sit at home and like look on novelists and write down all the books that were similar to the book I wanted. I'd go there and our library didn't have any. So I was like, oh. all right, I'd go up to the desk and be like, what am I reading? They would give me like a giant stack and I'm taking all of these. So, That's so awesome. Yep. And she's still convinced that live, like reading is not a hobby. So she's like, well, what kind of hobbies do you have? And I was like, do you see how many books I've read this year? She's like, yeah. Yeah, but what about like crafting? And I was like, I, you're like a master crafter. I cannot do it. I can't cut a straight line. I'm not a good, I'm not good at drawing. I can't paint. So you took all of that. I will read enough for both of us. Yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. I was going to say reading is totally a hobby because if reading isn't a hobby, I'm pretty sure I mm -hmm. don't have one. <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm working on her, but she just does not buy it. And it's like, well, that's fine. That you Drinking's not a hobby, right, Leah? <laughs> I mean, depends on how you do it. <laughs> it's not the healthiest hobby, but no, probably not. Okay. But I read and drink at the same time. So, right, right. 
Okay, we want to know what your last five-star reads were. So Laura, tell us, what was your last five-star read? Um, I'm going to do a toss-up between Life's Too Short by Abby Jimenez and The Soulmate Equation by Christina Lauren. Those are interesting picks because there has been a lot of up and down reviews on both of those mm-hmm. books. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of Christina Lauren fans are just feel disappointed. Like she's too mass pubbed now. They, they are too mass pubbed now that it's been watered down. So, yeah. So those are interesting. I like Abby. I've not read the third one. I've read the first two and I really liked them. So, I mean, it's just, those are interesting because just this week I have seen a couple of different posts and articles about them and I'm like, hmm. So. Yes. <laughs> okay, Nicole, what was your last five-star read? Oh, um, Probably Float Plan by Trish Dollar. I have not read that. Oh, Leah, are you writing these down? It. I am. So good. I got contacted by the publisher to be on their blog tour and it's... Nice. I will say it is kind of a heartbreaking one because it opens with her grieving her fiance's suicide. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, going in that she is going to not be in the best place. And she gets this reminder in her calendar for this sailing trip they were going to go on and she decides to go anyway. So she kind of, it's this big like discovery journey. It's, you know, deals with a lot of intense issues but I think she lightened it really well with like humor and romance and there's like really beautiful friendship that kind of blossoms into romance on her her trip and it was so lovely oh I'm gonna have to find sounds that really one. good um okay Amanda what was your last five-star read um definitely make it sweet by Kristen Callahan it's probably <sighs> it's like without a doubt the best it's the best contemporary her. I've read this year if not yeah. best best period i mean she's just she's just a master at writing these like genre defying characters that don't fit like you know the usual character tropes and she uses intimacy and sex in such a just like a phenomenal way and make it sweet she like ups that a little bit because she adds food to the equation okay. like not food sexually but like food as another <laughs> vehicle for building intimacy and you know as a kind of a proxy for communication like it's just it's just so lovely, but, but also your Discord server has me going on the side changeling series. And I'm so sorry. That's that's literally that's illusions. Sadie. That is that's Sadie's Sadie. fault. We are She's blaming a, Sadie. <laughs> she gave me like the the prod though that I needed between her and um, uh, the Kit Rocha folks who are like anyone who hasn't read these, you're stupid. Yeah, um, Kristen Callahan. I love her Rockstar series, but she uses food a little bit in her football series. Um, because in the first book, food is a big deal because they come and gather at the player's house to eat and stuff. So she is, she does bring food and community building that comes with having a meal. And now I wonder if she is Southern because that's a very Southern thing. (laughs) And that first book takes place in like Georgia. And then there's a book in Louisiana in that football series. So now I have to look. I wonder I if she find that out too, because you're right. She always does do at least one really solid meal experience. Yeah. But then with Make It Sweet, the guy is a, is a ex-hockey player and a chef. So it's a little bit, 
I Ooh, her rockstar romance is one <laughs> that like I always romance. tell everybody to read. Like manage. Oh my god, yeah. <sighs> I love so that good. Book. I I wrote yeah. a slub romance and I wanted to comp Kristen Callahan with Idol so hard, oh, but I don't think I'm worthy. <laughs> like she's that good. She's just so good. She is so good. I yep. Okay, ladies, we want to know your favorite trope. It can be to read or to write for those of you that are authors. Um, but we want to know what is your favorite trope? Because one of the things that I often get laughed about at here is I have very clear thoughts on tropes. Um, Becky loves a secret baby. I love a secret baby, but I pretty much am not a huge fan. I hate to say I despise them. Friends to lovers causes me issues that and enemies yes. to lovers. They cause oh. me issues. <laughs> so, um, so very Nicole, picky about those ones. I, um, so Nicole, tell us favorite trope. So my favorite is actually enemies to lovers. Okay. There's something about that. I don't know. They usually have the best banter and like the hating game has just this beautiful miscommunication banter where they, they're totally on a different wavelength but you're reading it from the outside going, oh, I see what's going on here. All right. All right. But yeah, see, the hating game lovers, for me, I don't love. The hating game for me, it just read like Pride and Prejudice, but okay. in an office building. So it just, I don't know. Everyone's like, oh, you got to read this. And I hadn't read it. And I read it. And I'm like, you guys know this is a retelling of PMP, right? <laughs> everyone's like, no, it's not. I'm like, yeah, kind of yeah, in some ways. Like it a contemporary is. one. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah. So, um, but that's probably my favorite one. Or I really love Brother's Best Friend has been something I've yes. found that I love so I like much. a Brother's Best Friend. Brother's Best mm -hmm. Friend, yes. Um, okay, Laura, what is your favorite uh, romantic trope? Mine is also enemies to lovers. Something about <laughs> that friction between like, oh, I just can't stand this guy. And then, oh, I guess he's not so bad after all. I just really love that. <laughs> That's fair. And then second chance, second chance romance gets me going too. And, you know, the girl comes back home and then the guy, the one that got away is there. He's got an adorable kid and dog and they get back together. I just, <laughs> I love those. Second, you know, second chance is another one of those. I'm like, eh, second chance it has to be a really good reason why they broke up. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. We read one and it was, um, I think it was, the right Christmas by uh, K.A. Lindy. And that one made sense. They left. They broke up. They were high school sweethearts. They broke up. He went away to college. She went to New York to be a ballerina. And then she came back home. He had a kid. It's adorable. Uh, and instead of like Christmas focused holiday, it's on the nutcracker. So it's really well done. But um, but if it's like, you know, he was a dumbass and she, you know, broke up with him and it's 10 years later and she's going to forgive him. How do you know he's not going to be a big dumbass again? Those are the yeah, ones I'm always true. like, go I mean, cautiously. He probably is. Probably is. Um, Amanda, <laughs> what's your favorite trope? Um, I'm not going to say enemies to lovers, um, although that's up there. But she um, likes it. <laughs> I do. But, so that tournament of tropes thing that, that you mentioned in my intro, um, that one, like so hands down in voting across Twitter and Instagram, it was it was a little bit bonkers. I was a little surprised. Um, because for me, fake relationship is probably the top. I love a good fake relationship or like forced, forced proximity with like, you know, the only one bed, mostly just yes. because it really mm -hmm. pushes authors to come up with like a reason for this, like mm -hmm. completely contrived situation. That's not like so ridiculous that it's not believable. Like I love 
Love, love, love it. Have you read Fake Yet by Kylie Scott? Yes, it's on my, well, no, it's on my TBR though. It's, it's like at the so top good. for this Memorial Day weekend. I sat there, the ARC signup came down and I said to Leah, I have so much work to do right now. There's no way I can take another ARC. Like I've got all of these copy edits that need done. And she's like, why are you talking to me about this? You know, you're signing up. It was a celebrity romance, fake relationship. They move in together. So close proximity. She's like, why are you even she's trying to talk? She's almost like trying to talk herself out of it. But she's like, the more she talks about it, she's like, I just have to do it. I'm like, why are you bothering me with this like silliness? <laughs> Leave me alone. Like, I am not the person to ask you to say no. Like, honestly. So anyway, I read it. It was wonderful. Highly recommend. If you haven't read Kylie Scott, she also has a fantastic rock star and a dive bar romance series that are so good and small town um you don't expect a rock star romance to be small town but they're small town and i highly recommend them so um okay so part of what we wanted to bring the librarians on to talk about is you always hear from people you know oh this is my summer reading this is my fun reading and at first it boggles my mind because honestly i read all the time like there's no less reading in the summer than there is, you know, any other month of the year. Um, so ladies, just tell us, why do people tend to read more in the summer? Is there like a reason? I think, I think it's kind of nostalgic. Like, oh, yeah. Ahead. Oh, no, I was gonna say, I think they also end up doing like more family vacations. And then once their kids are home all the time, they're like, oh, I need something else to do like alone. And then that becomes like, oh, now is my time to read something. So, um, Laura, did you have a? I think, I don't know, just personally, I, like people know I read all year like you, but like my family members are always like, I'm so busy. I don't have time to read. I'll read that in the summer. I don't know why. I just feel like people let down their busy, like they're not as busy in the summer or that's when yeah. they can relax and read more maybe. Maybe. That's what I've. Amanda, what are your mind. thoughts? I think there's also this element, I was going to say, um, an element of nostalgia, right? Like, because summer is traditionally, like, uh, whether you actually take it or do it, it's it's vacation from when you were a kid, and maybe you have just a ton of memories of being on the beach with your family and reading on a, on a towel, or like, if you were me, you climbed a tree in your grandparents' yard so you could pilfer, take your pilfered romance novels. Right. Contraband. Like, your contraband, exactly. You had to find them to take the contraband somewhere. But I mean, it's that element of nostalgia. And I work at a university. So the people I talk to about book recommendations, like on a daily basis, are usually like undergrads. And so for them, it's, you know, it's, it's a real thing. And I think for me, it's, it's much more of a nostalgia vent uh, to it like I feel like I should be having more time or I should be making more time for you know doing stuff for me in the summer than I, I think I normally would yeah I also find that it's interesting and and I know people in my own life that throughout the year they tend to read more what they would classify literature but romance is literature listeners just telling you but they'll say oh you know this is I read more literature during the regular year and the summer is time for my fun reads now i when i was in college and high school i had summer reading lists like my summer reading through high school was not you know like fun and fluffy it was you know you must read these 10 novels before 
<laughs> you go back to school the first day. Um, so I don't quite understand that concept. Like, why can't we read what we want to read all year round? For me, like my younger years in like high school, because my high school was eight or seven through 12. So like I went to a very small school. So like probably like seven through ninth, like I did so much like forced reading in class. Like I didn't do a lot of reading at home. Like I still did because I read incessantly, but I definitely read like more what I wanted to during the summer. Like I didn't focus on the reading as much during like the school year. But again, like when I got into like the honors classes, like we had those summer reading lists. Like I can remember having to read like six different books between my junior year and senior year. So it's like, I didn't have that, that summer reading list of enjoyment reading. I had those forced books, but I still read the books that I wanted to read. And for me, like once I got to college, like I just read everything all the time because I was an art major. I didn't have a lot of like literature reading. Like I read for enjoyment at that point. So that was always my thing. Like when I had to read the books that like I had to read, I didn't always want to read other stuff. And I understand the push to read for our children and um, so that they don't have the learning gap through the summer, you know, that they're keeping their brains active and lots mm -hmm. of libraries and communities create events in the summer. So reading in the summer becomes this event. Um, and, you know, I know my community does a fantastic job. They always have a theme every year and there's prizes donated by businesses in the communities. Um, so do any of the libraries, you, well, and I know like it's a little harder for Amanda because you're in a research library. Um, but do any of your libraries that you work for do like the summer community reads and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, I do work have, at an academic library, but yeah, the the general library does does um, yeah does do that. And actually, like through the undergrads, our student workers have a book club, and so they it, it's usually a battle amongst the bosses <laughs> to see who can get them to read a book and then not have them hate us for it. <laughs> so funny, Nicole. What about your library? Do they do like a summer community event? Yeah, um, we call it summer library experience. And so we have like themed events for it. And um, like this year, just for signing up for it, rather than like reading, they just get a shirt or um, a bag just for signing up for it. And like, rather than making it a number of books to complete, we started going by time. Um, because, you know, there's some kids who can read mm -hmm. a 300 page book in like an hour and a half. And some kids that would take them three weeks. Right. So I like that. Yeah, we yeah, so we've started doing that, which seems to be going over really well. That's really awesome. Uh, what about your library, Laura? So I kind of am in a unique position because I work for a state library, but we have a program where um, all of the public libraries in our state have to have a um, summer reading program to be in standards with the state library. So to get like the funding and things. So um, it's up to them, their discretion, like how they want to do their program. But they, we have like a boilerplate um, collaborative summer reading program we offer them with like you know templates and ideas and things and they yeah. come up with really creative programs and make it like fun for all ages and the whole family so yeah it's great so growing up I was a library kid I mean that was a weekly trip we always had to go we had our sack um, you know our bag that was our library bag that tote my mother would take us out of the library and we'd pile up our books so I have a fondness for libraries um but one of the things that I'm not very good at is like 
asking librarians, like, what book do you think I should read? Particularly as I got older and started reading mostly romance, because they're kind of like back in a way. It's the largest section, but it's back in a way and, you know, a little more <laughs> hidden. Hidden. Um, so, and I don't know how it works with, you know, because of your different positions, but are there, do you feel like people have a hard time approaching librarians to ask about like what they're, re what to read and romance and Nicole's like, yes. God, <laughs> they just, they don't want to bother you, which drives me crazy. Like, yeah. please bother me. Your job is to be bothered. Yeah, exactly. I can't look more approachable than looking at you going, hi. And they're like, yeah, okay, that's great. And <laughs> you also have the Midwest problem where it's like, I can't find anything. And then someone will say, can I help you? No, I'm good. I'm just browsing. Right. And then they leave and you go, I should have asked them for help. Now it's too late. Now yeah. I'll have to leave this store and never return because that's embarrassing. But librarians are helpful people. Listen, they are. ask your librarians to help you. <laughs> they, they want to help you maybe too much sometimes because I do all of our readers advisory like I run our readers advisory program so it's my favorite thing and so when they won't ask me for suggestions I'm like oh, please I'll try to limit myself but I'm just excited to help you our I, I homeschool my kids so pre-pandemic we went to the library every week mm -hmm. and I have a child that he's very much into graphic novels and since homeschooling and we homeschooled pre-pandemic, so it's, you know, like ongoing. This isn't new territory for us. Um, but since homeschooling, he has he didn't used to be a reader, but now he's found graphic novels. And because I'm his parent, I don't judge him. We've had past experiences with teachers saying, you know, graphic novels aren't really books and all this stuff. I know. it. Anyway, mm. that's Kill another me. topic Kill for me. another <laughs> another day um, that's a whole episode on its own it is but he was over i'm very fortunate our public library has a huge selection of the comic book like stack issues like one through 12 of whatever like the bound uh comic books and he will get those and one of the librarians this and the guy was so sweet he comes over to my son and he's like you like you like comics and my son's like yeah why are you talking to me totally like you said midwest like are you talking to me i'm really awkward please don't talk to me and she, he's like okay i have a book for you you should try this book gave him the book <laughs> my son looks he goes what am i supposed to do with this i'm like let's take it home and try to read it and see if it's any good and he did he read it read it he really enjoyed it but he was like i was like that was the smartest librarian though because he just he saw where he was Mm -hmm. And what he was looking at, and he's like, I'm going to approach that kid and see what he needs. <laughs> yes. Sometimes so. you have to be like, you have to insert yourself and be like, hey, I see you're looking at this. Let me tell you about that. And then they finally are like, oh, okay, we could have a conversation. Yeah. I don't read YA and I have YA readers. And so I'm always grateful when libraries, librarians step in to help, help mm -hmm. us find YA books because unless there's a naked man on the front, then I can help you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> my I have that issue too, though. Because like, no. my, my youngest is seven, but she is like a couple grade levels ahead reading-wise. So she's capable of reading books that are way too old for her. And so I'm in that like weird transition phase where I'm like, this would be a really good book, but I don't think the subject matter is quite okay for you. So we have to kind of 
be really careful about like what we allow her to read. I mean, thankfully, like through like the school library, they they still have a few books. They do a lot of um, computer stuff now, which is a whole hot topic for me. But like, thankfully, she's able to get like that access through that. But it, I this summer, like it will be nice because we have a really good children's library in our local library. Not so much the other stuff, but at least she'll be able to get lots of good books for her. We have found that not all libraries are created equally. That is something that has been interesting to me that has happened as we've started the podcast and the book blog, because I'm really lucky in Ohio, we have an excellent library system and a statewide digital library that is amazing. We, uh, My husband and I figured out, I went seven years and didn't buy a book, but I consumed a book every day. And it was all through my digital library. And our local library also play, pays for Hoopla. So we have the added benefit of the Hoopla, Hoopla library. And it well, wasn't until I started go doing ahead. this. It wasn't until I started doing this that we realized that not every library. Because <laughs> it's, it's interesting because I live in Pennsylvania. So just a few hours away from Becky, I live in the Pittsburgh side of Pennsylvania. So we have... Um, a group chat and we were talking. And so our friend, Minnesota hockey mom is in Minnesota and she gave us her library's like romance section number. Um, I can't remember what it was. It was like 3000 or something. No, mine is 3000. Oh, yours is 3000. My entire county library was maybe, it might've been 4000 for the entire county of romance novels. Um, we have a friend who lives in Florida. I think hers was maybe like seven or 8000. And then um, Becky and Rachel is like 60,000. Yeah. For just romance. Like we didn't look up any other subjects. So it's just crazy. Cause like from Minnesota to Ohio, to Pennsylvania, to Florida, like the areas that we live in, there is a vast difference in the amount of like accessibility for the, like that genre itself. So. Anyway, so ladies, um, let's talk about summer read suggestions. Do you have any summer read suggestions or books that you are hope like anticipating releases that are coming out this summer that you're excited for? I know, uh, Amanda, you said you're on the changeling kick now. <laughs> I am. I'm totally on the changeling kick. So I'm going to be reading all of those. Um, but uh, Katie Roberts. Neon Gods is coming out um, yes. next month in June. So I think it's I, June first, if I remember right. I have a book. One of my critique partners is a is a book reviewer, and she got an arc of that, and she was like, "It was the best thing I've ever read in my life." And so I am so amped for for that. But also, we do like some know, Katie Robert. <laughs> I've never I think, read. Didn't it just Emily get a star review? Yeah, it, it did. did get a star yeah, review, and I it was thought. listed as one of the summer must reads in entertainment weekly she also nice. got a shout out in entertainment weekly so um she's hitting the big time now she if is you, her pay so i'm a member of her patreon it is the best now i won't get neon gods but she did offer us she has 10 copies of neon gods that she went and specifically uh notate made notes in the books about like what she was doing and why that is the way it is and references and stuff like that and one of those books is going to be gifted to one of her patrons and her patron and i'm like yes i'm there for it 
but she did a pre-order like a sign a pre-order signed pre-order thing and we're obsessed with her like her taboo books Amazing. so if good. you haven't so and good. Then, sorry I'm yes very excited. They're so good. <laughs> no chill um, I, yeah no chill um she also did have you read her seven brides for seven brothers retelling that she's doing mm-hmm. they are so sexy like and she's like sword crossing guaranteed <laughs> i'm like yes you can't I'm, go wrong with this woman like she can't you, and she's all over tiktok right now too so throwing yes. book recommendations so if you want her personal or extra stuff i mean following her on tiktok is a great way to go yeah she's amazing um we adore her i loved i i had read her o'malley series and then we read i read her wicked villains where she takes the disney villains and makes them the hero and the love interest and they're super sexy there's um some are male, male, female, some are female, female, some are female, female, male. Um, they're all a little different, uh, but they're all very, very good and well done. So like Tinkerbell ends up with Captain Hook. So super spicy. Um, but yes, Neon Gods is a must read this summer. So I mean, she, the way that she navigates, sorry, I'm going to geek out for one second. Is that the way it's that okay. she navigates it's like consent? The consent issues in her books is just so phenomenal. So if you have a big, big thing about very explicit, but also just extraordinarily well-handled consent for non-vanilla sex, like it, her her books are just phenomenal like that. Well, and her, and I think her consent, consent, that's one of the things that I do love about her books is sometimes we get into consent with romance stories and the consent will overtake the scene. Like, yes. Every movement the couple makes, we have to confirm consent. Katie does it in a way that it helps the natural progression of the relationship. It is very clearly there, but it's done in such a sexy way that um, it it just adds to the relationship in the story. Yeah, I've I've never seen an author do that quite so well before. I mean, you always see the whole consent is sexy thing, and I absolutely agree with that, but I've never seen it handled where it legitimately is sexy in the way that she approaches it and writes it in. Yeah, yeah. Um, That was really obvious to me in her Sea Witch book that she wrote. It was, uh, which is the story of Ursula, uh, Ariel, and Eric. And it was just so well done, especially because there's some power play in that one. Uh, with uh, Ursula, Ursa holding all the power in the relationship and um, getting Ariel's consent. It was just really, really phenomenal and well done. Um, so I highly recommend Katie. We tell everybody to read Katie. Roberts. We do. <laughs> like, just read her. You'll love her. Um, Nicole, what's some of your summer anticipated reads? You know, I've been leaning kind of actually towards fantasy romance lately so like I'm really excited for the wolf and the woodsman um and neon gods I had our library by that and so it's actually gonna be my first book by her so I'm pretty excited awesome and now will not be disappointed her backlist things yeah her backlist she wrote so she wrote this mafia series called the O'Malley so it's an Irish Boston Irish mafia okay okay and I've heard of them okay so they're super sexy but the like first book starts out the first chapter. One of the O'Malley's is shot to death. Like that's how it Whoa. kicks off. And you're like, this is a family series. How are you killing off the freaking family now? And that was the first time I'd ever seen something like that happen where like a potential character's book, like they got mm-hmm. gunned down, dude's gone. Um, but 
she actually within that book she spins it off and it brings in like some russian mafia ties and stuff and that's your first taste of a villain deserving of a happily ever after so it's very sexy and i do know she is getting ready to write like the second generation of the o'malley's because she's like i need to tell their kids stories but it's just a really really well done and i don't typically go towards the mafia type romances sometimes they're just not i don't connect with them but that one is very well done and it's available on my library and i think those are on hoopla so anyway i'll have to look because we have hoopla so yeah um Laura, what are some of your anticipated summer reads? She's like checking out her look at her list yeah, of books there by her. Bad at remembering. I have to write it down. So <laughs> I'm a okay. huge Penny fan. And so she has a new release coming out, totally folked. And like, I'm obsessed with oh. the Smarty Pants romance, like all of the books that come out in that vein, like it's, they're amazing. Green Valley, Tennessee is where I want to live, even though it's fake. And um, also <laughs> Helena Hunting has like three books coming out this summer and she's awesome. Yes. A Kiss for a Kiss and then love next door and when sparks fly oh, kiss for a kiss Woo. i can't wait i just for that got one. i just got a copy of when sparks fly st martin it's sent funny because we we had her on the po- <clears throat> we had her on the podcast a couple weeks ago and when we first reached out to her she's like um we can't do it this week because i have like four books that i'm editing like all at the same time because <laughs> she she is busy right now hashtag goals she has a <laughs> lot <laughs> happening but it is well, all going to be good it's interesting, and we learned this in the episode, because she came on with Deborah Anastasia because they both got their start writing Twilight fan fiction. Mm-hmm. And so did you know Pucked was actually a Twilight fan fiction romance? What? I, I mean, this. I knew she wrote fan fiction, but I didn't know Pucked was actually that one of them. Pucked oh. was one of oh her gosh. original fan fictions that kind of developed into the hockey romance. That's awesome. That's Isn't amazing. that awesome? I love that. We- we should do like, I mean, there have been so many great fan fictions that have become published novels now. Like it wasn't Allie mm-hmm. Hazelwood's it was a Raylo fanfic. You would be shocked. So Lauren H. May, who wrote the Summer Night series, she has The Rules and the Catch. Her third book in that series comes out this summer. She started off writing um, The Walking, Walking Dead, Dead fan fiction. Fan fiction. Jody Slaughter started writing Walking Dead fan fiction. Melissa Grace uh, Walking Dead fan fiction, Jiffy Kate, who write in the Green Valley, Tennessee, uh, Jiffy Kate, they actually met because they were part of a Twilight fandom group. And mm-hmm. one lived in Texas and one lived in Oklahoma and they decided to meet and then decided to write, start writing fan fiction together out of Twilight. Um, Christina Lauren, of course, came out of t- the Twilight fan fiction world, uh, E.L. James, she came out of uh, the Twilight fan fiction with Fifty Shades. Who else? Leah, we had a whole and list, didn't we? We did. And we, well, and like Sally the Ann Todd fan book. The Anna who was Todd, that, like After, it was um, mm-hmm. One Direction fan fiction. Fiction. Oh, yeah. That uh, is Sally one of the Thorne growing... wrote fan fiction. Sally Thorne wrote fan fiction. Mm-hmm. It's intriguing to me, these that got their start out of Wattpad and fanfic, you know, and all of that kind of stuff that are now, um, you know, out there in mainstream publishing. It was, it was very interesting to us. We were like, what? You wrote fan fiction? How did we not know this? We had Jiffy Kate for our drunk book club. And they were like, yeah, we met so-and-so from fan fiction. And we met so-and-so from fan fiction. I'm like, what? 
I didn't know this. So that's kind of a big thing. And mostly to romance, it seems. Mm -hmm. So. Although we don't really read a lot of other things. We wouldn't know. Right. So if they didn't write romance, we probably don't even know who that they are. Do they really matter? They didn't write romance. I mean, they matter, just not to us. Just not to us. we're kind of snotty like that someone today asked in the facebook group if for the summer reading challenge it had to be romance and i said it doesn't have to be but we highly encourage you to said it doesn't matter how you consume it It can be audio it can be reading it but movies don't count Yep. For a reading challenge (laughs) for a reading challenge it's not like high school you can't just read the or watch the movie you cannot Cannot. So um, one of the things that we thought we'd talk about is in our Discord channel and also our Facebook group, we're, we would have, so this episode will drop on Sunday, May 30th, but we actually um, are recording before. So on Thursday night of May 27th, we're having our first virtual book discussion. Now this time, Patreon members Heather and Rachel picked the books, but we're hoping that the librarians will be picking June's virtual book club picks. So I know that... Um, Amanda has some ideas for some of the uh, paranormal romance, science fiction breakdowns. So yeah, I have no chill on that. It's okay. <laughs> As you can see, our people respond to it. They're all like, yes, do nobody you know has about chill. This? There's no chill anywhere in like There's anything that we deal with. <laughs> if you I feel like romance th- has no chill, period. I mean, like the whole genre, everyone who loves it, everyone who lives in it, there is no chill. Yeah. yeah. Someone will be like, what book do you recommend I read next? And I'm just like, okay, well, where do you want to start? And as we just were talking sit before. back and we'll give you the list. <laughs> and I get fussed up often for destroying TBRs. I, I don't know what you want me to do. You asked the question. <laughs> and even if you didn't ask, I want to tell you. Um, do you have a go-to book you recommend for romance? Like if somebody said, what, what romance? Like maybe it's their first time reading romance. Do you have a go-to book that you suggest? Laura, what is yours? Uh, I would say Truth or Beard, Penny Reed. I mean, it's just, I just love those Winston brothers. Can't get enough of them. They are pretty cute. Okay, so here's the ultimate question. Who is your favorite Winston? Oh, that would be Cletus. Crazy <laughs> Cletus with his um, homemade sausage and his um, very interesting clothing styles. And he's like very eloquently he just presents himself so eloquently, but then he's just also very crazy. And then Billy's my mm-hmm. second, just, just so you know. He is a little crazy. Billy's your second? I don't know. Cletus is, Cletus is definitely my number one, but I don't know. Billy kind of, he, he makes me very angry. Yeah. Nicole, have you read the Penny Reed, Winston See, Brothers? I've only read the first one so far Same. because I loved him, but I did not love her. And that's been a problem mm. with a lot of the romances I've read lately is like I instantly connect with the male character, but not the female character. I can see that. But yeah. if, I mean, if you mm-hmm. were going to read another one, read Cletus and he will save I it I plan to well. try to continue them because I thought it was good enough where I was like, okay, I think I just didn't like her. I think she mm-hmm. was the problem. So I think well, I still like the other ones. I started in her Knitting in the City series. And I really adored that series. I thought that was really well done. And then I read the first book in the Winston family and I was kind of like, okay, kind of the same thing, Unicole. I liked him. She was kind of just meh. 
-hmm. I thought her side story with her parentage and stuff was kind of just different, um, needed some work, but so I, I feel you there and I haven't, but I have read some of the subsequent, uh, smarty pants romances. Like I've read all of the Jiffy Kate Viking invasion books and, uh, (laughs) (laughs) yummy. I have a whole thing about jam now. Like I have the sticker the that jam says, jar returns. Awesome. It says Valley is my jam. Anyway, <laughs> you uh, listeners can't see it, but if you look over my shoulder, I got to go the other way, Michael. Uh, I have like the picture of the cover that Jiffy Kate sent us. Um, it makes me so happy to look at it. Anyway, uh, what about you, Amanda? Have you read Penny Reed? I have. Um, I like her Winston Brothers. I really like Knitting in the City, that series. Um, yeah. I thought she did a really phenomenal job with some interesting characters. Um, but I really like the series she did with L.H. Co- Causeway, the the rugby mm-hmm. The rugby. Yeah. No, I haven't read those. It was They're it pretty was good. Awesome. They're really good. Is that yeah, the really Hooker and the Hermit? Yes. Yep. Is yes. that that one? I've been trying to get that one, but nobody in the state of Minnesota owns it. I think it used to be KU, but it's no longer on KU. I feel like that might be on Hoopla. I will look right. I will look this. for you. I'll look. Oh, right Leo now will for look you. right now Please for you. Do. We can't let you leave it. without us without us knowing. <laughs> I know that right. it comes up often in my like Libby app. I love the Libby app. Um, I don't know. Does Hooker it in the Hermit? It is available in audiobook and ebook on Hoopla. Yes. There we go, Nicole. Um, I'm so excited, you guys. Sports romances are just between that and I found. Oh, yeah. Between that and I finally found that I love um, like thriller romances. And I was like, why did no one tell me about this? They're like, have you read favorite TV shows, but in book format? Have you read Kennedy L. Mitchell? She has a really good thriller, like serial killer series that is also romance. They're very good. Yeah, um, Rachel and I did a one of our quick shot reviews of one of her um, books, and it was really good. I was like, it's like the best of both worlds, the thriller that you want, but the romance, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but neither one overpowered the other. It was like the perfect blend. Yeah, I'm but there, read that. she's very good. Janika Snow it. and another author wrote one called Swallow. Oh, um, Mar- um, Mar- mm. Marie. <laughs> Marie James. No, it's Something. not Marie James. Anyway, that Jordan was a really Marie. good. Jordan, Jordan Marie. That was a very good thriller romance oh. also that came out last summer. And I think that that's in KU because Janika is a all KU. Well, so but they I use am, a pen name for that one too. So I'm not sure. Marie Snow, I think is what it is. Yeah. I think it's Marie Snow. Um, okay. So that's something too for libraries it's really kind of changing for you guys with the digital age and stuff like that. You guys, libraries themselves are becoming much more community centers of the community because you provide more Mm -hmm. than just books Um, because we do have things like the Libby app and the Hoopla app. So what has your job changed quite a bit as we've hit into the digital age? Like, because it's not so much just shelving books now. Yeah, I mean, a majority of what I do during the day is help people on the computer, honestly, Um, with a lot of like job application stuff, applying for things online, just 
or um, we do a lot of like drop-in tech help or like computer appointments where we'll like sit with someone and like show them how to make an email. I just helped somebody make a blog a couple weeks ago. So interesting. What about you, Amanda? Has your job changed as the digital age? Because you do a ton of research type stuff. Yeah. So I work in archives and special collections and um, my stuff is still paper for the most part, although we are dealing more and more with electronic records. So I'm, I'm working more with like the rare books and manuscripts. And I, I have to say that probably me and my colleagues are, I mean, we're being dragged into the digital age, kind of kicking and, <laughs> kicking and screaming. Um, maybe not, maybe not. That's a little extreme, but like right now in terms of, especially with the pandemic, all I've been doing is scanning things for people. Yeah, so like, so people can... Oh, I was going to ask, are you doing a lot of digitizing of your records? Uh, yeah, pretty much on demand. I think since the beginning of, of the pandemic, I have either me or one of my student workers has scanned altogether. It's like over 20,000 pages of material. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's wow. it's a lot. What about but, you, Laura? I mean, dissertations go on, so. Right. Mm -hmm. Just because we're at home doesn't mean someone doesn't have to write their dissertation. Surprise. <laughs> Laura, what about you? Is Has the digital age affected what you do within the library or changed um, how your job is? Not so much for me, but just because I haven't been with the public in, you know, in a public facing role for quite a while now. When I was, um, it was just when ebooks were getting popular and I was teaching a lot of people how to use their apps and how to download them. But gosh, mm -hmm. it's so much easier now, thank goodness, to get the yeah. apps and things downloaded. It used to be a whole process and that's what I remember, but it's so much better now. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I... I got an e-reader in 2010, like in the, in January of 2010. So, and of course I bought a Nook because that made sense. Who was going to buy it from some random website that doesn't have a bookstore. Um, so I had a Nook and I remember that when you borrowed from the library, you had to download it into OverDrive on your computer and then you had to connect your e-reader to your computer and transfer the files over. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. The bad thing about that was, is, or good thing, have you, the file stayed on your computer into your e-reader forever. Like you had to delete it to get rid of it because the space on those was not that big. Um, but yeah, you know, the I love, I know that there's some people just really want a paperback. I love e-readers and e-books. Um, I, I love the fact that when we would go on vacation, I would pack it's a running joke with my in-laws. Like we went on a, a vacation. I packed like eight books for the week and I, I ran out um, because I read very fast. Like, but now it's like, I can just take my Kindle. I have as many books as I need. I will never run out. Like, and nobody knows what I'm reading, how many I'm reading. Although they always ask that question, but, mm -hmm. but yeah. And it's so much lighter, like nine books is heavy because they're not <laughs> thin. <laughs> like they're not thin books. Like that's a lot of that's a lot of stuff it is I think it's and one of the part of the reason that we wanted to bring the librarians on and chat with you guys is I really want people to realize that what an integral part libraries still are to the communities um just because you have an e-reader doesn't mean that you still shouldn't be going to the library and you know there are resources there I you know would love to go there and let me corner some random community member that's like Oh, have you read this book? Oh, yes, I have. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I don't even work there. They just look at me like, 
what is wrong with you? Um, I'm also the lady you don't want approaching you in the bookstore, just so we're all clear. Because <laughs> I'm going to be like, I've been guilty of that. doing that, being like, hi, I overheard them not give you great suggestions. Can I actually help you? <laughs> right. I will give you a better idea of what you need to read. Yep. I was in Walmart. And they'll come to help you and you're like, you're, no, you're just not on the same level as me. I appreciate what you're trying to do, but this isn't going to work. Right. Sweet. But uh, I'll look around. I was in Walmart last summer and there was a lady, she was picking a book up off the rack and I went to be like, ooh, I'm not going to want to read that. I already read it. It wasn't very good, but I didn't. I controlled myself. <laughs> I'm and surprised. I know, right? Well, because, you know, it's random. It's Walmart. You never know what's going to happen in Walmart, people. I do live in Red, Red County. Um, so it's always questionable. But the other thing we have on our agenda is our summer reading challenge, which you ladies are going to help us out with summer reading challenge. If you need book suggestions, for tropes or for any of the prompts um, in our on the shelf show notes, we will have all three of our lovely librarians, all of their media links. So you can message them on Instagram and uh, or whatever else is there. And let's see here, Instagram and Twitter, it looks like. And you can reach out to them and ask for book suggestions. They are there to help you. So, you know, I think, um, Nicole really likes sports romance, so if you're hung up on MMA and Leah and I aren't answering our messages fast enough, reach out to Nicole. She will help you with the sports romances. Reach out to And Amanda. there is a sports romance on each of the nine cards. Sometimes yeah. there's specific sports romances, and sometimes it's just general. Well, because you know, we kind of started out, out We kind of started out with our love of sports romance. Like, I... I know, Nicole, you said you love sports romance. Uh, Laura, what are your thoughts on sports romance? I love it, too. Um, Candy Steiner, <laughs> Helena Hunting, like, bring yeah. it, all of it. Yeah, I love it. Amanda, what I are mean, your thoughts? I mean, I'm in Serena on... Bowen's art group, so I'm, like, all in on all of her hockey romances. Yes. So mm-hmm. great. Yes. And, like, her new World of True North series. Um, I've been, mm. I'm also in school, so I've only been doing like some of them, but any of the Moo Yu college hockey, I was like, I need all of these. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, she's I awesome. really liked the ones in the Moo Yu. Those were really great. I really enjoyed this. I'm actually so really enjoying her, the Vino and Veritas series ones. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Those are so good. Those are her, um, LGBTQ plus romances. Mm-hmm. And she made sure to pick the authors are of the LBGTQ community. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I got the letters wrong. My child will correct me here in a minute. I'm sure she'll like write them all out for me and tell me. Um, but there's uh, been a lot of good representation in them. Um, you know, and each one covers like kind of a serious issue, but from like a pretty good standpoint of the ones I've read so far, they've all been really good. Yeah, I read Flip Cup and Insatiable. Those were both really, really well done. Really enjoyed those. And I'm reading um, two of the Busy Bean series right now that just came out on Monday. Cakewalk yes. and Friend Zoned. Friend Zone looks really good. Um, mm-hmm. So, Amanda, what about you? Sports romances? Yay or nay? Yay. Definitely yay. yay. <laughs> Definitely yay. Um, Amy Dawes writes some really good sports romance. I think you guys had her on, maybe? 
We um, haven't had her on. We've done, I think we've reviewed one of her books, but they are often go-to books for us to suggest oh, to man. people. Like the, the yeah, Harris I love Brothers. Brothers. I love her Harris Brothers. Brothers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm a I Harris should... Ho. I'll admit it. Oh, yeah. Harris hardcore. Ho. Which, which Harris? So what was your first <laughs> sports romance book? What? So Do my you remember sp- what your first sports romance book was that you read? Um, J.C. Burton. She writes a series of sports romances, but it's almost a different sport um, per book. So the first book is football. It's a single mom. Um, He's a professional football player. They meet because she's the party planner, caterer. And then the next book is his brother. And his brother is a baseball player. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next book, the family, the two brothers from the first two books, the family owns a sports bar. And the sister runs the sports bar and she ends up dating a hockey player from St. Louis because they take place in St. Louis. Um, those were my first romances. And then it tumbled me down to the um, Tony Aleo, um, oh, yep. Serena Bowen, Sawyer the Bennett, the <laughs> hockey rabbit hole. I don't even watch hockey. Like, so one of our <laughs> faithful listeners, Minnesota Hockey Mom Reads, the first time we bonded was over like a Sawyer Bennett book or something. She's like, she's like, don't you just adore hockey? And I'm like, hockey romance, <laughs> hockey romance. I don't know, squat about hockey. So anyway, Laura, what was your first sports romance? Oh, I don't even, I don't know if I can remember what my first, maybe can't, maybe something by Candy Steiner, like the wrong, the right, is it the wrong the wrong the right play or the wrong play or something like that see i told you my memory's bad but i know it was by her and it was football football my husband played football so i like football books <laughs> um tracy wrong game wrong game <gasps> that's it <laughs> tracy wolf has an amazing football series that takes place super sexy it takes place out in san diego if you like football romance um she has some crazy town romances that came out after uh, the Fifty Shades of Grey phenomenon. So they're a little on the steamier, sexier side. Just be aware. <laughs> I mean, those are my kind of books. I get, I'm crazy when we fade to black. I Anyway, mm-hmm. don't do it to me. Um, Amanda, do you know what your first sports romance was? Um, I've been trying to think about that, actually. It's, I feel like I didn't realize it was a genre like a subgenre, I just kind of like landed in it. And all of a sudden I'm like, God damn, there's a lot of books about hockey in here. <laughs> um, a lot of books about hockey. Like, I don't know why they're all hockey, but that's okay. Um, I think my, one of my first probably true, true sports romances was um, The Wall of Winnipeg in Me. By oh, I've heard that's. I have not read that, but I've heard it is very good, but a very slow burn. Oh my gosh. It's like painfully, most of her, I love her books. I think she's, I, she also wrote one about figure skating called From Look Up With Love, another fantastically slow, slow, painfully slow burning. Um, and if you like soccer ones, she's written, um, she's written a soccer one too with a female, with a female athlete, which makes me super, super happy. Um, I tend to get annoyed with the Sports romance is where, you know, if it's a hetero relationship, like the female character isn't into sports or she's, you know, she's like, I'm not, yeah. I don't know who you are, Mr. Big Shot Athlete. You know, I, yeah. I just don't like that that much. Tony Leo mm-hmm. has a couple of her hockey romances where the females have played in um, for Team USA. 
Um, who else has one? Oh, um, Lorelai James. She has a couple of within her hockey series. Her, um, and they take they all take place in the Twin Cities. I'm not going to think of what the last name is. The family, uh, the Lund family. It's the Lund because apparently that is a big last name up in Minnesota. Um, everybody's last name is Lund. Apparently, chain too. <laughs> um, it's the Lund family, but some of the women are hockey players in that book too, and I liked that for that representation. Um, somebody just released a female female hockey romance. Trying to think. Do you remember who that was? I don't know. Leah? Danica was talking about it, but I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, Danica who Flynn was, was talking about it. I want to say it's Megan. There's a she couple really that liked it. Not lately. She really enjoyed it. Um, okay, so summer reading challenge. Uh, we'll give you the basics. Uh, the basics of the summer reading challenges. Books need to have been read between May 20th and September 1st. You can fill out as many bingo cards as you want. The drawing will be on Monday, every Monday throughout the summer. The last day to submit your bingo card is going to be on September 1st. On September 2nd, we will announce our overall grand prize winner. The winner gets uh, the winner gets to pick their choice of a $100 Amazon gift card or Kindle worth up to $100. Um, weekly prizes include book swag from iHeart HEA Etsy store. If you are a romance reader and you are looking for romance representative t-shirts, I totally butchered that. Words are hard tonight. Um, anyway, she has great t-shirts, great quality. Check her out. I heart HEAs on Etsy. Um, also, and it's also run by an author. One half of Piper Rain is the head of um, I heart HEAs. So uh, we also have participating authors that have provided book swag, eBooks, signed paperbacks, gift cards. If you're listening to us right now and you are international, we will gift prizes like eBooks and books off your Amazon wish list due to shipping costs. Um, some authors might be available to, uh, to mail you signed book plates, but we will come across that when we have an international winner. Just be prepared for that. We will link all these rules in our on-the-shelf show notes. You can find them on buzzingaboutromance.com. Okay. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to ask because yes. Becky and I know there's a lot there's a lot of cards there's a lot going into it we kind of let it get away from us a little bit because we have no chill we, we just want people to read about this like entire process like i i just i loved making the cards i loved adding like the tropes and just all the fun stuff but i will tell you a little secret though not every square is a book some you have to take your picture of your book like where you're reading so it's fun stuff too. Someone tonight shared a picture of them reading in their bathtub. If that's your favorite place to read. I mean, there was no nudity. Nobody saw any naughty bits, but that was their picture. But they were reading about the naughty bits. They were probably reading about the naughty bits because those are the books we like. Okay. So we're starting something new with our librarians here. Um, we have a new thing. It's the buzzing about romance conversation cards. I have created a deck of 50 cards with random questions for your book club um, for your fellow romance readers. So each time we meet now, we will pull a random question. These are all really good ones. Okay. And this is my favorite question right now. And Leah's dying because she can read this. Do you have a fictional character you would like to punch in the face? It can be anybody from any genre. It doesn't have to be romance. I'll go first. Mine is Nico from 
Only One Touch by Natasha Madison. Freaking Nico. Freaking Nico. That guy was such a jackhole. Like, major. Like the king of the douche nuggets. King. But his female lead is so such a badass that she deserves the HEA. It's unfortunate that he's such a douche nugget. Um, but I would like to punch him. He needed punched. Okay, so Laura, do you have a fictional character you'd like to punch in the face? Goodness. Um, well, I just read um, Golden Girl by Ellen Hildebrand, and there's yes. a girl named Amy in that book that I wanted to punch her in the face in the beginning, but by the end, I guess she redeemed herself. But that's the only one I can think of is Amy. She was that's like, you know what? Mistress. That's fair. Oh, yeah. She probably needs punched in the face, just even if she did redeem herself. Um, Nicole, do you have a fictional character you would like to punch in the face? Man, I can't even think of anything contemporary. Um, oh, it doesn't have to be. Of, it doesn't have no. to be. So the first thing I thought of was Love in the Time of Cholera, whatever the main guy in that was. I have okay. never been so angry yes. as when I read that book. I went I to my, it. like, I joined a classics book club to, like, read more classics. And I went to that book club specifically to talk about which I hated it. And everyone's like, oh, but the writing was so beautiful. And I was like, was it? I don't remember. I think I blacked all of it out. I was so mad. I was like, that book would have been better if it had ended in a murder-suicide or if their boat capsized. Like, I was that upset. He See, was the worst character. This is the passion I'm talking about, Leah. <laughs> sometimes a character needs punched oh just, my gosh yes for I'd him to punch have the them. gall to tell Fermina that he had remained a virgin for her after reading however many pages of his 600 affairs those were the only ones he found worthy of writing about like what do you mean what is this book so if someone else loves it please talk to me about it I need yeah. to know Nicole needs to know, but really it sounds like she was a douche nugget. But I will punch Florentino in the face. That's fair. For sure. That's that's fair. Um, Amanda, do you have a fictional character you would like to punch in the face? I do, but it's so petty. (laughs) No, petty is good. Petty is Petty is our people. Petty. I feel like this might be more of a fandom versus fandom thing, less about the character in itself, but I want to punch Sebastian, Lord St. Vincent from Lisa Claypaw's Devil in Winter in the face because he takes away the attention from my main man, Derek Craven, and that's a problem. Yes. (laughs) And I will die on that hill. Nope. I do not think you are alone there. We will check in with Katie and Sadie, who are our duchess and lady of all things historical um but yes, I they would they guess. probably have strong feelings about that I that they too. do <laughs> yeah i mean like honestly i mean if we just talk historical fiction right now like um just from the netflix series anthony bridgington needs punched in the face yes. like through that whole first season yes. not just well not just in the face too he and needs a book. junk punch he might need a junk punch Okay, Leah, what's the... I think I'm going to go with him, Anthony Bridgerton, because I was having a hard time because there's a lot, and it was hard to narrow it down because you took freaking Nico. (laughs) Freaking Nico. Yeah, Anthony. He needed a big dick punch. He did. Like, hardcore. He did did make up for it, though. I will say, like, he does redeem himself. 
eventually. in a way, eventually it took him a long ass time to get there, but yeah, but no, yeah, I agree I with that one. And that's one of the few historicals I've actually read. <laughs> historicals are not my jam. I got my start in historical, but I haven't been there in a long time. Um, so I, I mean, I'm trying to get back to it. It's just, it's different. I attempt, a little but different. it just, I can't get into it sometimes. That's fair. Um, well, thank you everyone for joining us. We really appreciate you um, coming on and chatting with us about who you are, being librarians, what you like to read. We hope you will come back and join us hopefully in July. And we're going to talk about how to tackle the TBR with these ladies. So hopefully they have all sorts of good <laughs> advice on how to and stop maybe we'll add Becky. to your TBR in the in the meantime. I feel I'm like sure they, we did tonight. I feel like we did add to everybody's TBRs tonight. You're, you're welcome, everybody. You're welcome. Anyway, thank you again for joining us. Um, and we can't wait to chat with you all again. Okay. Thank you to our Buzzing About Romance librarians for joining us. Um, I really enjoyed talking to them. We kind of got a little off topic, but... That's okay, because it was nice to get a different perspective on like people, like why they read, what they read as like as readers too. Like, yeah. yes, like we like to talk to the authors and what they're reading, but it's nice to talk to other readers about what they're reading and why, why they're reading it. Yeah, and they're all huge readers. And again, if you guys need help for summer reading challenge with books that will fit the different prompts and stuff, um, we've linked in our on the shelf show notes, how to get a hold of all of our librarians, and you should totally reach out to them. They're amazing, kind and friendly. Um, mm -hmm. So I wanted to talk real quick before we get into our normal, you know, end Stick. of show stuff. Stick. Um, I wanted to draw attention of ways to support the podcast. We do not have commercials. We are independently funded 100% right now through Patreon. And we're going to update our Patreon goals here by June 1st. So um, ways you can support us. Some are free. Some will, some you could cost you. But anyway, um, first off, leave a review. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, mostly on Apple iTunes is the best place to leave reviews. I don't think you can leave reviews on Google or Spotify, but I think you can on Amazon. I'm not 100% positive. I'll have to check that out. Um, but wherever you're listening to this, if you can leave a review, leave a review. Tell us what you think, what you love, how much our intros are awkward. Tell the world. Um, also, if you're buying a new book, buy a book, we recommend you purchase it through our Amazon affiliate link. Um, you can find it right, the link right on our website. It's on the right hand side. Um, like the second thing down, you can find a way to click over to Amazon and then whatever book you purchase, a small kickback comes back to the podcast. And right now I think we've made $9. Um, Ooh, right. It's better than zero. So Leah, for this month, you have made $4. <laughs> Um, so also, and one of the main ways that you can directly help us is by joining us on Patreon. You know, um, we have a five and $10 tiers that are open right now. Our $2 tier is sold out, but it's worth it. I think I would join it even if I wasn't the host of the podcast. Um, you receive exclusive content and of course the best Saturday of the month, drunk book club, drunk book club. We have 
Patreon exclusive stuff, events, Katie and I, Duchess Katie and I are going to get back to doing our another rounds um, here after she buys a house. So those will be coming back midsummer. So consider joining us over on Patreon. Every little bit helps. Okay. What's up next, Leah? Um, what's up next? Let's talk about Floof Friday a little bit. So every Friday on our Instagram, we share one of the members of the Hive's floof for all to see and admire. So if you want your floof featured, just let us know. You can um, email us at info at bookcaseandcoffee.com. Um, you can send us a picture of your floof and a short bio, and we can share your floof for the world to see. Yep. Uh, last week, we featured Patreon member Susie and her grand floof, um, her grand Jameson. Floof. Jameson. Uh-huh. And this is adorable. This Friday we are featuring the two dogs by Patreon member author Julia Jarrett and her two mm-hmm. cute puppies. Um so but it doesn't have to be a puppy. It can be a bird, it can be a cat, it can be a goldfish, it can be a tortoise, it can be a snake. We don't care. Just send us any of your adorable little pets. We want to share them on our Instagram. Yes. So Leah, so, what are you reading? What are you Oh, what, I are, got there first. what are you reading? I got there first. What are you reading? I am reading Stealing from Mr. Rich, which is book one in the Billionaire Heist series um, by Anna Hackett. I'm really excited because we we have met Zane Roth a couple books ago, and I can't wait. I'm very excited. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so I'm reading <clears throat> The Invitation by uh, Vi Keeland. Um, we're getting ready. We're going to do a quick shot of romance quick on this shot. episode or on this book. Quick shot of yes, romance I have to, episode. I have to read that soon as well. So I'm excited to get to read this. Um, it's been on my TBR for a while. And I actually, this is so silly. I physically bought the paperback because I thought I was buying the ebook. Why? But the paperback oh, showed up oh. at my house instead. <laughs> I pre-ordered it. Anyway, how do you accidentally pre-order a paperback? I don't know. How do you do that? It's magic. Mm, it's Becky. It's Becky. Um, so wait. what are some of the upcoming releases? Uh, the Rival, Looking to Score Book Two by Kendall Ryan. Uh, Seduced by the Spy, Forbidden Confessions Book Six by Shayla Black. Ooh, I have that one actually on my Kindle. I need to read it. Uh, it's coming out June 1st. June so 1st. You need to get on that. Uh, Southern Heat, the Southern series number six by Natasha Madison. That also comes out June 1st. What do you got? Um, Fool for You, which is Southern Bride book seven by Kelly Elliott. These are, there's a lot of June 1st happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, Neon Gods, book one of two um, for Dark Olympus by Katie Robert is June 1st. And as we are, it's the Baker's Creek Billionaire Brothers book five by Claudia Bergoa, which is June 1st. Um, and then let's see, we have two more. Knocked Up by the CEO, um, which is in the Knocked Up series, the short novella series by a collaboration of um, different authors by Tori Baker. It's coming out June 2nd. And then Fallen Rose by Lila James is coming out June 3rd. And I am sure there are other books, but these are the ones that I found. And then I got, I got burnt out looking for books this week. Yeah. Um, we're hoping to update our list every week on our website. So 
just make sure you check our website and we'll try to get all of our current releases out there. We're coming off of two really big book release weeks. There's a lot of books in the past two weeks. Yeah, so I don't expect a lot to come out the first week of June. I venture to guess middle of June we'll see a huge uptick of releases as everyone's getting ready for their 4th of July vacations and stuff. So Mm -hmm. So Um, what's coming up next? Okay, I'm kind of excited. Like, I have no chill about anything, but this one I really have no chill because it's one of my favorite topics with two of my most favorite Mm -hmm. people. So Mm, Just two? Well, and you. (laughs) just kidding and yeah make me feel special <laughs> three of my most favorite people on this episode on the next episode on this episode oh good god now we're the home of the awkward outro not just intros now they're awkward on the outs um on the e- next episode we will be joined by lady sadie and duchess katie to talk about book boyfriends what is a book boyfriend what we look for in our book boyfriends, our favorite book boyfriends. We are going to create the ultimate book boyfriend checklist with Lady mm-hmm. Sadie and Duchess Katie. So I know I'm very excited about this because we know like Wade and Manning, like those are like top tier book boyfriends. Yes, but I just finished Melanie Harlow's Tie Me Down and Beckett. Oh, yeah so swoony and then of course there's my always my go-to guy jason thorne from to love jason thorne by lma's like Mm. he is super swoony and yeah and that's a best friend's sister romance so and a celebrity and a celebrity Mm -hmm. romance a little bit of everything there anyway they're all good books so yes we're gonna help create the ultimate book boyfriend checklist with uh the Duchess and the lady, lady, lady Sadie and Duchess Katie. Yeah. I'm kind of excited. Um, so anyway, everybody keep reading for your summer romance or summer reading challenge for buzzing about romance. We can't wait to see what everybody does for the summer. Anyway, happy reading, happy reading everybody. Find us on Instagram at buzzing about romance or on Twitter at buzzing romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.